All right. Well, I got the uh, wonderful privilege of spending the uh, spending the week in underwater Houston. Uh, it was kind of crazy. I was I left. I had I had a class I had to take, and it was all week. And uh, so I wanted as much time with the family as I could. So I decided I'm going to stay sleep Sunday night at my house, and then I'm going to get up early and be there for class at eight in the morning. It was kind of crazy. So I left at four thirty. I, you know, Houston traffic, you never know. And it was raining, shocker. So uh, it was raining at 4.30, and I thought, well, it's raining quite a bit, but made it all the way. It rained, and uh, about half, almost there, but I guess I was about three-quarters of the way there. Uh, traffic had been kind of diverted, and I went through some pretty deep water, and there was a uh, 18-wheeler that was turned over and sunk. And, I was, and then I so that's when I started, so I started cluing in. This is a little bit more rain than normal. That's a little, a little bit of an odd scene. So, but I didn't check anything. You know, it's kind of intense. You're, you know, driving in the rain, so I don't have time to check news or anything. So I keep going, and uh, make it into Houston, expecting this massive amount of traffic, and I'm like the only guy on the road. So this is a little strange. <laughs> I'm going, woo! I'm gonna make the class perfectly on time. It's still pouring. And then I start to notice in every subdivision coming on to 59, there's standing water to where you can't even, like you can't even see the big stone, uh, uh, what do you call it, signs that say this is, you know, like the entrance to the neighborhood. They're underwater. So then I start, oh my goodness. There's police everywhere. Cars are buried. And I'm on the, I, praise the Lord, I was on the highway uh, because that was really one of the only spots that was out of water. But there's nowhere to get off. Every exit is closed. So then I call Lindsay. What is going on? And she checks the news. And lo and behold, it's like Noah's Ark time. And uh, anyway, it turns out to be a really, 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 really bad deal. And we have some students here uh, that, uh, that families were affected. You guys may, may know uh, one of our students has, uh, I heard this morning, has three feet of water still uh, in his home and uh, in his or in his family's home, and so he's there dealing with that. So lots of lots of crazy stuff. I ended up making it um, just fine. They canceled class, so I had this whole day in underwater Houston that was kind of weird, spooky day. I was driving around. I know, isn't that stupid? I'm driving around, but I was. I can't sit still, and uh, it was just weird. It was like Houston was a ghost town. I was the only one on the highway. Anyway. So all that to say, I've been gone this week, and I asked Bryn uh, to, uh, Bryn's one of our armor bearers, and I asked her uh, to, to share with you guys this Sunday. I wanted her to, to spend time teaching. And one of the things that we uh, really push our armor bearers to do is to, uh, th- that one of the main components in teaching is for everybody. You can't, you, it's not okay to teach based on theory. You can't stand up here and teach something that you think to be true about God. You've got to teach from what you've encountered God in right? And uh, so it's experiential. So if you're not willing to, you can't challenge other people in anything that you're not willing to walk in yourself is the idea. And so uh, I've asked her to just kind of share about her journey. If you guys don't know Bryn, haven't got a chance to meet her, you're going to in just a second. Uh, Why don't you just go ahead and come? Because the longer you sit back there, the longer I'm going to, yeah. But I just want to tell you, um, this Bryn is coming to the end of her armor bearer term. She will be finished here in, uh, in a matter of, of weeks. And I don't know what you've, uh, what you've been able to see. Bryn has kind of been this uh, experimental uh, position where we had her focus primarily on 24-7. That's a really important part of what we do uh, here in our college ministry. And she has done that and has done 
a phenomenal, phenomenal job. God, has, God gave her a vision for what 24-7 could be and her heart for it um, and began to unfold that a year ago, well, a little over a year ago. Um, and she came to me and just said, okay, here's, here it is. Blah, like, <laughs> here it is. I don't know what to do with it. And, it, and God was already uh, stirring in my heart a focused position for us in 24-7. So let her take what God had given her, the vision that God had given her, and run with it. And she's done a phenomenal job. So I just want to say in front of everybody, you've done a phenomenal job. Thank you so much. Uh, Bryn has done so much. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so she is graduating, and she's one, of, she's one of my favorite kind. She's staying in NAC. So just, just to let you know, you get big bonus points with me if you graduate and stay here. Now don't stay here and be whiny about staying here. You got to be excited about staying here, but big bonus points. So uh, let's just pray for her. I, she has walked with the Lord in, in 24-7, and she's going to challenge you out of that experience of what God's asked her to do and the vision that God's given her and seeing that come to fruition. She's going to challenge you out of that. And so uh, I hope that what you're here to do this morning is to hear from the Lord in a community of believers, because that's what is on her heart is to share what the Lord is, uh, has given her for you. Um, so let's pray. I want you to be praying for her. But I also want you to pray that you would hear the words of the Holy Spirit as, uh, as he speaks. So let's pray. God, we ask uh, first, uh, God, we, we just acknowledge that your spirit is the only one that can teach us this morning. And uh, we, we uh, ask for total submission in this room to the Holy Spirit. And we pray that, God, that in whatever way you want to do it, that you would convict us of, of sin. Maybe that you would, um, would give us strength and boldness in the things that you've called us to do. That you would em- empower us to trust you in a deeper and greater way. Whatever it is that you want to do this morning, God, we just uh, say to you that you're welcome to do that. And we pray for Bryn. And we first just thank you for what you've, uh, what you've done in and through her uh, in her time uh, here as an armor bearer. We thank you for that, God. And uh, we ask that as she shares, uh, and it's so difficult to take a year and then condense it and share what is that one thing that you want to say. But, uh, but God, you put a specific word on her heart. And I pray that as she shares, it would be the words of your Holy Spirit. We pray blessing over her as she speaks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, he just said what I was going to talk about for like 15 minutes to take up a whole lot of time. So I'm probably still going to talk about it. So I apologize that it's going to sound repetitive. But, um, well, first I wanted to say I was at Java Jacks this morning because, well, okay, little backstory. Every armor bear who has ever done this, it's like a 24-hour period of I feel like I'm going to vomit. I f- this is terrifying. And you wouldn't think so, so just bear with all of us. Every time we get up here, just have patience with all of us because we're all like, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? So I wake up super early this morning. I can't go back to sleep because I'm like, so I go to Java Jacks because I was like, well, I'll just spend some really spiritual time with the Lord of Java Jacks and drink some coffee. So I did, and I'm sitting there, and you know how, I don't know if, how many of y'all have ever been to Java Jacks super early in the morning? Okay, there old people, like uh, older people are there in the morning, and then it's like at nighttime, it's the college students. It's a huge, if you've never been to Java Jacks in the morning, go, because it is something that you've never experienced before. So, but I love it, because every time I go to Java Jacks in the afternoon, it's like, either I'm going to see somebody I know, or I'm going to see Zach Tharp, who I know, but like, (laughs) those are the two, that's how it works, and so I was like, so I enjoy going in the morning, because I feel like I can focus better, so I'm sitting there, and, like, I don't have my headphones in because I'm not a huge fan of wearing those things in your ear, and it's just a mess. And my ear holes are tiny, so they don't never, none of them ever fit. So I don't have my, yeah, I don't have my headphones in. So there's this 
these two older fellows and their shirts say like Nacogdoches, you know, and you know, they're so proud. They've been here probably since the, I don't know, their generations have just been here. And so they're super proud. So they're like reading the newspaper and talking about, I don't even really know. And I'm trying to focus on this. And anyway, so this guy says, oh my gosh, Bernie's going back to jail. And how many of you know about Bernie, who's from Carthage, who killed the person, and then um, they made a movie about it? Has anybody seen the movie? Okay. He, I just want to share with you, he has been sentenced back into jail for 99 years or, like, to a lifetime. And he's already, I don't know, I guess they think he's going to live 99 more years. Or maybe they should do that for safe measure. So I wanted to tell all of you that were worried because Bernie was back on the streets, he's going back to jail. So I just want to let everyone know that. So that is just... I wasn't going to talk about that, and then that, but that's just super close, because Carthage is like 45 minutes away. Yeah, so anyway, thought that was super um, exciting, but I just wanted to share that with y'all. So, yes, I am Bryn, and I know a whole lot of you, um, most of the time, it's like, oh, you're that girl from 24-7, and I'm like, no, I'm not, actually. I don't know who you are, and so I'm going to pretend like... I'm not that girl. Because it's like, I don't know when you say that. I don't know what you're implying. Or I don't know what you've seen me do places outside 24-7. Not that I do anything terrible. But um, so, yes, my name is Bryn. And, um, yeah, so Kendall kind of says, I think for the first time, like, an armor bearer talks or whatever, he pretty much is just like, just tell them what you've learned. Like, just explain that. Because it's probably the easiest thing instead of some, like, deep theological concept. Because... That would be, can you imagine explaining that to somebody up here? No, because all of y'all are like this. <laughs> so it'd be, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. So the Lord gave me, um, just kind of summed up my entire year in one. And I was like, oh, snap, I hope Kendall lets me talk about this. Like, I really, and for like two weeks, I was like, I really hope he does. And then he did. So it was wonderful. And it was a huge load off. But, um, yeah, so I, like he said, 20, it was actually in April, early April last year. I came home from a 24-7, and I was just, this is really bad, but I was just like, bah, like, what are we doing, and why are we doing things like this, and I was super upset in my flesh, I was like, because I just had, like, visions of, I don't know, phenomenal things for 24-7, and we weren't doing them, and so I was like, why are we doing them right now in this moment, um, so anyway, I was just kind of like, Lord, I'm frustrated, and this is dumb, it wasn't terrible, it, for those of you who weren't there, it wasn't that it was bad. It was just not where Bryn wanted it to be. So I was just, like, talking to the Lord, and um, <laughs> he pretty much was like, well, here you go. Here's all of this stuff that I want to see happen in 24-7. And I was like, and I'm not kidding you, y'all. I have not, I've written or written all of or filled up the journal that I did this in a year ago. But it is, like, eight pages of bullet notes and just a bunch of like, we want to see this happen in the congregation. I want to see this happen in the leadership. I want to see y'all fast. So all like, just all these extremely specific things. And a lot of them had scripture with them. And so I was like, well, I mean, I, if it has scripture, then I guess it didn't come from me. Cause that was my first thought was, is this from, I don't want this to be from Bryn. It's not going to be any good if it's just from me and my head. So, but the Lord was like, well, here's some scripture and this is how you can prove it or whatever to whoever you talk to. And I was like, Okay, so I, like, write it all down, and I'm looking at it, and it looks crazy, because I can't go tell anyone this, or they're going to think that I am being extremely critical or rude or whatever, 
Um, so I go like a couple days and it's all I can think about. And I'm still just like extremely worked up about it. And then I just felt like the Lord had asked me to tell Kendall. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not telling him anything. Cause what if it's, cause like, you know, the big, well at that time it was the big three. So yes. So the big four. So I was like, no, because they're in charge and I'm just Bryn and they're going to think that I am like stepping on their toes or I don't know, calling them out or not. I don't know. I was terrified. I was like, I can't. And I think, I don't even know if I'd ever been in Kendall's office at this point. Maybe like one time. I don't know. But I was like, the thought of sitting in the room and telling him all of these things, I was like, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. So I went like two weeks, the whole two weeks. How many of you, like when the Lord, you believe the Lord's asked you to do something and you don't do it and you just, you're like, like it's terrible. It's miserable. And you feel like, I've said this too many times. I'm not going to say that again. You just feel awful. And um, so for two weeks, I was like this. And I had told Kendall, I was like, I really need to talk to you about something. And he's like, okay, well, tell me about it. And I'm like, no, I can't do that right now. And he's like, so it's like for two weeks, I think like three times I had told him I need to talk to him. And so it was like by the third time, he's like, well, whenever you're ready. I'm yelling. I can't talk to him. So anyway, um, so, but I was like, no, I can't do it right now. I don't know what I was going to say and all this, all of this mess. Um, yeah, so I finally was like, okay, I scheduled an appointment with him so that I could like give myself some time to prepare, you know, cause two weeks wasn't enough. So I scheduled an appointment with him and I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to him. So I write down, I take the journal, I don't know, like the Holy Grail journal or whatever. And I have like all of these bullet points, and I'm like, Lord, I just hope Kendall doesn't hate me and think I'm being judgmental and all of these stuff, all this stuff. So I go into his office, and I sit down, and I'm like, yeah, well, 24-7, and nah, nah, nah. and I spend what felt like five hours. It was probably only like 20 minutes because I was probably talking this fast because I was nervous, um, but I explain all of this to him, and the whole time, I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting with him, but typically... He pulls out his note card and he sits there and he writes the whole time you're talking. And you, it's like, are you going to say that I'm have some like psychotic issue? Like, you know, like you feel like he's diagnosing you the whole time he's writing on his note card. Sorry, I'm totally calling you out. But anyway, um, so I, so I'm sitting here, he's on this couch over here and I'm like, blah, 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 all this stuff about 24 seven. And he's just like, not even looking at me. I was like, this is awful. Why did I do this to myself? I should have just left it alone. Um, and then he looks up at me and he's like, okay. I was like, oh. and I was like, for real, dude, like that's all you got. I just spent like three weeks of my life feeling terrible. And then I finally get the guts to say all this to you. And you're like, okay. And I was like, dang. Okay. So so I just kind of sit there and I was like, <laughs> he's either going to be really upset with me that I had the nerve, cause this is what I was thinking, that I had the nerve to go in and say all of this, or he's going to be like, or he's going to receive it really well. Like that was the two extremes of the spectrum that I knew was going to happen. So I was like, okay, what's he going to say after? Okay. Da, 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 da. And finally he was like, okay, well this is, and then we dialogued through like, cause he does bullet points like I do. And so we dialogue through every bullet point that he wrote down. So we were like, 
I felt good because we were on the same page and we were tracking and he was like, yeah, I see, I see this. Like I see what you're talking about in this. And I was like, okay, fantastic. Um, and then he was like, so this is what I want to do. And I was like, oh, junk, we're doing this right now. And so I'm thinking like on his, also it has this like massive, um, you know how he brings his whiteboard up here? Well, he has like a note, one of those big notepads your teacher had in elementary school. And he just like, flips it over, you know, and then he writes something on it. And it's like, okay, well, when it gets on that board, it's happening. Like, that's the board of officialness. So I was thinking, like, I saw the thing in the corner, and I was like, oh, maybe he's going to, like, when he said, okay, now this is what I want to do, I was like, okay, well, I think he's going to do something, and then we're going to make 24-7, and then I'm just going to leave, and my job will be done. Like, I'll just leave that to him and the big three. And so he's like, I really, I want to offer you an armor bear position. And I was like, <laughs> This is not why I came in here, Kendall. Like, I just wanted to tell you this and be done with it. Um, but I was like, again, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. Um, so we started dialoguing through that, and then I left. And I was like, okay, Lord, I don't even know what you're about to do. I have no idea. And Chelsea, for what feels like my, I haven't known Chelsea my whole life. But for a long time, she's like, you're going to be an armor bear. You're going to be an armor bear. And I'd be like, no, stop. No, I'm not leave it alone and then so like the whole I walk out of Kendall's office and Chelsea's in my head she's like I told you I told you I told like that's what I was hearing in my head and I was like no she was right but so I leave and then Kendall and I have like we meet together a couple more times and talk about the details and all that stuff but then comes like summertime and I've started and I sit in a me and Jason and James and Colton sit in a room down the hallway at Fredonia for like five hours is that how long we were there i don't know it was a long time for five hours and we planned the entire semester fall semester of 24 7 but we had planned it in like three weeks so yeah we only got three weeks done in this five hours and we were like wow this is gonna take a really this is gonna take like two more five-hour meetings and but then like Jason took it to them and they were like, this is the whole, to the big four. And they were like, this is the whole semester. Like y'all just need to spread this out. So it was really cool. So like that was kind of the beginning process of my journey as an armor bearer. And since then, it's just been cool to see, like I go back to the journal that I wrote all the stuff in and it's like checking things off my list of like the Lord said in April, like I wrote down in April, we were going to do this. We've done this and we've done this and we've done this. And so it was just, Really, really, really cool and really encouraging because I thought I was crazy and I thought somebody was going to hate me and I was going to get shunned from the church because I was calling somebody out and it was just like, I can't do this. Um, but it's just been cool to see the Lord be faithful and all of that. So I guess to sum up my year as an armor bearer, what I've learned is how to take ownership of the vision uh, that the Lord has given me. And in that, taking ownership of the relationship that I have with Christ. Because you can't, you can't really do, you can't take ownership of what the Lord has given you if you don't know who he is. So I was just, um, oh yeah, so now we're going to read scripture. So if you'll go to James, I, it should be on the, bo the board. I'm an SI, so everything is like, that's why I talk like this. Because usually I'm pointing to a board that I've written political science notes on, so I apologize. Um, yeah, so on the screen or whatever, Okay, um, in James 2, 
I'm going to read 14 through 26. Okay. Um, Okay, so it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. But show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Great. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Um, So I was, I don't know, when I was preparing for this moment right here of teaching y'all something, um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about obedience and righteousness through obedience and I was going to go through this passage in Romans and all this mess and then the Lord quickly was like this is what I want you to do and I want you to talk about so um it's like when you read about faith like this part of scripture on the internet it's like faithful works faithful works like that's the catchphrase I guess you would give this section of scripture and I was like I cannot talk about faith plus works like you know to me it's like that is a super deep theological concept and the Lord was like no Bryn like this is as simple as what I've taught you this past year so this is what I want you to talk about and so I just thought it was interesting because if you look at um in verse yeah we'll look at 21 it says was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar so what happens before it's in Genesis that's Genesis 22 but before in Genesis 15 is when the Lord is like tells Abraham that like I will if you he tells him to like go outside and look up at the stars and this will be the amount of offspring that you will have blah 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 and so Abraham is just like yeah okay and it just he asks a couple questions I guess for clarity but he's just like yeah sounds good Abraham and his wife they're old like People who are 100 now, they don't have babies. That doesn't work now. But so they're older, and so they're both just, or Abraham's like, okay, cool, whatever. And it was credited to him as righteousness that he simply had faith in the Lord to believe something that sounds absolutely crazy, right? And then a couple chapters later, he and his wife finally have a son named Isaac, and it's the only one that they have. And this guy is supposed to make many nations out of all of his children, I guess we'll put it like that. But so, but then God is like, so he's told Abraham that he will be the father of many nations. And then he tells him, okay, now take your one and only son that I just gave you and go sacrifice him. Okay, right? And you're like, you just said, I mean, Abraham didn't think like this. Bryn does. It's like, you just said this thing. 
and they're older and they're probably not going to have another kid. And then you tell them to go sacrifice and it completely seems like it contradicts what he said originally, right? Yes. So Abraham goes, so he's like, yo, okay. This is how I interpret this in my head. I don't, everyone in my head sounds like, that's how they sound in my head. So just go with it. But so Abraham's like, (laughs) Abraham's like, yeah, okay, let's go do that. And so he takes Isaac, and I just picture Isaac as, like, frolicking, you know, up the mountain. He has no idea what's about to happen to him. And so so he starts, like, binding his son, and his son's like, whoa, Dad, what are you doing right now? Like, I don't understand what we're doing. And he's like, oh, well, I'm just, he doesn't say this either, but he's pretty much like, well, I'm going to sacrifice you because the Lord's asked me to. Um, so it was through, so anyway, so that doesn't happen. God sends another animal, and then it's all resolved, and it's all okay, so it makes sense at the end, but Abraham doesn't know when he asked, like, Abraham didn't know that when the Lord asked him to sacrifice Isaac, that he was going to provide another sacrifice, right? I didn't know when the Lord was telling me all this stuff about 24-7 that it was actually going to happen. It was just like, nope, we're not going to, like, we're not going to do all of these things, so I don't want to, this is weird, this is too much, this is a lot of very specific details, But the Lord was just like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Just do it. Just have this conversation. Just be obedient one time. And so it's just cool to see how Abraham trusted the Lord so much and knew him so well that it didn't matter how crazy anything sounded. He was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. It's going to be okay. Um, So then if you also look at, because later it talks about Rahab. Um, So in 25, it's, in the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. So spies come into her city, and this city is not surrendered to the Lord. Like these people that she lives with um, are completely disobedient to the Lord. But she, so these spies come in, and then like the king's soldiers or whatever you want to call them, they come looking for these guys because they've heard word that they're coming to spy on their city. So these guys, the Lord, like, leads them to Rahab, essentially. And Rahab is like, yeah, come hide in my house. She takes them upstairs. She covers them in, I think, hay or something like that. She covers them up. And then when the, when the king's people come to her, they're like, have you hidden these men? And she's like, no, I haven't done that. I would be terrified. I'd be absolutely terrified. So she's like, no, I haven't done that. Um, and I don't. I guess they were like, okay, because they just, they don't do anything, so they, I guess they just move on to the next house, and then she sends them, her house is on, so this city is, like, surrounded by walls, and her house is on a wall, so, like, the window goes down, and they can run away, so she, like, lowers them down, and then the Lord, when he destroys the city, he saves Rahab, because she was obedient, and Rahab is a little different, because the Lord tells Abraham to do things, and he does. Rahab simply knew the Lord, Lord didn't say, hard these guys, you know, like she just knew who God was and understood his authority and trusted him and knew that he was going to take care of his people who are the guys that came to her. She trusted that so much that she pretty much was just like, yeah, do that. I know the Lord's going to take care of me. I know him. And so it's it's cool to see how the Lord is going to Abraham. He spoke and Abraham was obedient. And to Rahab, she just simply knew him and didn't need for him to speak to her for her to be obedient or for her to be bold in, um, I don't know, taking care of these guys. So it's just, um, 
crazy how you, in both of these stories, it was impossible for these people to not respond because they knew God. So, yeah, it just blows my mind because they're like, yeah, sure, anything, Lord, anything, anything, anything. Um, and it's so easy for us in this day and age to be like, junk, no, I'm not doing, like, I'm not going to have a conversation with Kendall. Kendall's not going to kill me, you know, like, he's not the king's men, and he's not going to kill me, and he's not going to sacrifice me, all these things, like, it's really okay if I just have a conversation with Kendall. Um, but the Lord tells us these things because he wants us to respond, because he loves us so much that he wants us to be a part of his plan, and he wants us to be able to enjoy the things that he says, um, but in order to be, do the things that he says and know what his voice sounds like, you have to know him. And we talk about all the time, like, in order to know God, and this is true, I'm not, this is 100% true, so I won't say it like I'm mocking it. I've been trying to work on that. So it's true that you have to spend time in the word, right? You have to do all of these things. Um, yes, yeah, so you have to have a quiet time, and you have to do X, Y, and Z in order for you to know the Lord. Um, but... The Lord is also our best friend. And so what does it take, or think of your best friend. Okay, got it? Okay. So what did it take, what kinds of things did it take for you to get to know that person? This is, you're going to respond. I don't do well talking, so I, was, I told Kendall, I was like, I need them to have a conversation with me. So give me some ways, like what did it take for you to get to know your best friend? Okay, living with her. Living with a person, communication, what else? Time. Okay, great. We'll just stop there. Okay, yeah, so in order to get to know a person, you have to spend time with them. You have to talk with them. You Living with them is probably been, it is beneficial. Um, but what's crazy about all of this, to put it practically, is that the same things are required to get to know the Lord. And he wants to be your best friend, and he wants to spend time with you. But we get, like... We get so discouraged because we can't see, like, I can't see the Holy Spirit. I can't, he doesn't go, I can't go get coffee with the Holy Spirit because that's how Christians get to know each other. I can't go shopping with the Holy Spirit. I can't go work out with the Holy Spirit. But we can because the Lord has given him to us as our friend and as our advocate. And I was reading in, um, oh, John, yeah, sorry, in John 14, verse 26, um, Jesus is talking and he says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And I just love, like, I just love that Jesus calls the Holy Spirit an advocate. And I looked up because, I don't know, I was never taught how to preach, I guess, but people always give definitions of words. So I looked it up. And the definition of advocate is one who pleads another's cause, who helps another by defending or comforting, comforting him. Um, and I was just blown away because I've always liked that, that was cool, like an advocate. Like if you advocate for something, you fight for it. And I was like, yeah, I know that. But it even goes into more detail, and it says who helps another by defending or comforting him. Um, and that's who the Holy Spirit is. Like, he is a defender, and he's a comforter. And what else would you want in a best friend than somebody who fights for you and with you and somebody who comforts you and wants to hold you when you're upset or wants to just hug you when something cool happens? Like, the Holy Spirit is here, and we have him, and he comes, and he dwells within us so that we can do 
things and we could be confident in doing them. And so I was just extremely blown away by the fact that, like, yeah, the Lord is my best friend, but he fights for me and he defends me and he comforts me and I can go do anything. I can go talk to Kindle and, well, I didn't know this at this point in time, but I could go talk to Kindle because the Lord was defending me also defending it like it just does that for all of us and that's such an intimate and a cool thing and when your perspective of the lord is he is my best friend and he is here all of the time with me and i can go get coffee and i can go shopping and what was the other i can go work out and i can go do all of these things knowing that the lord is right here the whole time and he just wants to talk and he just wants to hang out and he just wants to get to know me but he also wants me to get to know him and so um Just like getting to know your best friend, it's a two-way street, and it requires both of you. But if you're willing to do your work, to go and do what the Lord's asked you to do, he's going to do his end. He will be faithful. And so I just started looking at, um, these are kind of two of my favorite stories in Scripture, but the um, story of Joshua and the fall of Jericho, (laughs) craziness. It's it's not going to be up here, but it's Joshua 6 if you want to read it, but The Lord tells Joshua and his people, the Israelites, to go walk around Jericho. Jericho is a city that just has walls around it, like the other one. Um, But they're they're like, go walk around the city for seven days, blowing these horns, yelling these, doing ridiculous stuff. Can you imagine if the Lord was like, go walk around Steen and yell this, and chant this, and blow these horns, and carry the, you know, like, can you imagine? You'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that, but Joshua's immediate response is, okay, and then he turns, and he's like, okay, you go get this, you go get this, you go get this, because we're going to need all of these things in order to be, to get the victory, like, the Lord wants to use us, and Joshua was like, doesn't matter how crazy or psycho it sounds, I'm going to go, and I'm going to be obedient, and then, you look at Elijah, and Elijah's just crazy, but he's a prophet, and he doesn't do this because the Lord asks him to. He just kind of does it, so kind of like Rahab, but this is a little more extreme. So he's, like, talking to the prophets of Baal, and they're like, your God's not real. Your God's not real. Our gods are real and all of this stuff. So Elijah's like, okay, well, go get these two bulls and make two altars, one for you and your gods and one for me and my God. And so they're, like, standing, I don't know. So they're, they're trying to get, like, they're asking their gods to set this thing on fire to prove that their gods are real. So they're, I don't know, chanting, and I'm sure running around, or I don't know what that looked like. I wasn't there. So they're doing all of this stuff, and this bull is not being set on fire. So, and Elijah's like, ha, ha. Like, if you read it in Scripture, he's like, you're God. Like, he's just making fun of them the whole time. And so then he's like, okay, now for my bull, Go get some water at three times. He's like, go get water and just pour it all over this thing. Make it wet. We're going to do everything because if something's wet, it's probably not going to catch on fire as easily. Right? Yes. Cool. Y'all are wonderful. Um, so he's standing there. So they go get water and they pour it all over this bowl and all over the rocks and all of this stuff. And he's simply just like, okay, God, do your thing. And then the bull is just like, I don't know. He's like, you know, in, fi- in flames, I guess. And I don't know if it was, like, a small flame, and then it, like, got bigger, or if it just kind of exploded. I kind of hope it just exploded, but I don't know. But it didn't take much for this bull to be caught on fire. And so, um, regardless of 
if the Lord asks you to do something specific or if you just knowing him, you're going to, the only option you have is to be obedient. There's no, which sounds crazy because it's like, no, I can do whatever I want. But if you truly know the Lord and you know him as your best friend, you're going to do what he says and you're going to do things that advocate for him, even if he doesn't ask you to do it. Um, so yeah, so that's really all I have. That's kind of just what I've learned. Um, but just know that when the Lord, if the Lord has asked you to do something right now, or if he's asked you to do something a month ago and you felt terrible for a month, cause you know, you're supposed to be obedient. Um, just know that the Lord is standing in front of you and he's just waiting. He's just like, come on. Like, I'm here, I haven't left you, I am your best friend, and I am here, and I'm fighting for you, and I am comforting you, let's just do it, like, let's just do it together, because the Lord's never going to send you into a place that he hasn't already been, and he hasn't already prepared for, prepared for you, and prepared you for, so take confidence in the fact that God is your best friend, and he is your advocate, and he is here for you, and he's going to, if you're faithful to what he asks you to do, he is going to be faithful in so many ways. It's so cool because this is not something that the Lord spoke to me, and I would have never even thought it was possible. But just through the efforts of the entire 24-7 team, the Lord has blessed everything. And we've gotten to, we got to write an album. We got to record an album in a legit studio in Houston. And we get to put out this album and give it to people. And just to show how the Lord, what the Lord did just throughout a whole year. And that is just a blessing that the Lord added on top of our obedience. And the Lord doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to give you anything in return for your obedience, but he will. You choose us to because he loves you and he's your best friend. And he's going to buy you gummy bears if you had a bad goat. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My best friend buys me gummy bears. But anyway, he's going to do that kind of stuff because he loves you and because you've been faithful and obedient to him. So I'm going to pray and we're going to go to big church. Um, so God, I just thank you for who you are. Um, God, that you are a God that chooses us and calls us and asks us to do things. And you want us to be a part of your plan and you want us to go and be bold and do crazy things because God, you're crazy and your kingdom is crazy. And it doesn't make sense, um, in our worldly perspective, but it makes sense to you. And that's why you ask us to do it. And so I just ask that for those of us in this room who feel like you have asked us to do something specific and to be bold, and even if it's crazy, God, I just ask that those people would be obedient, God, that they would step out, that they would have a conversation they need to have, or that they would go walk around a building that they need to walk around, or that they would just simply go pray for whoever is at work or whoever is in class or whoever's in their dorm. God, I just pray for bold obedience in this room, knowing that when we are obedient, you're going to be faithful and you're going to prove yourself to us. Um, so I thank you that you do that and you don't even have to, but it's so good and you are so good. And so we just submit everything to you. We thank you for this day. Um, yeah, so you are good, God, and we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Oh, you're dismissed, but not, oh, I'd so, okay. You're dismissed, but not released. Bring a friend. Have a good day. And boom roasted. <laughs>